There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Time for some of the news that didn't make the news this morning. Could cat poop make you rich? <laughs> also, Google, Siri, Alexa, Cortana, who has the best virtual assistant? And at what age does the average person start to actually enjoy the taste of wine? It is Thursday, the 26th of July, 2018. We're Jeff and Jen. And here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, two great tastes that taste great together. Have you ever been like a mad scientist at breakfast and you combined two types of cereal into one custom cereal concoction? No. I wish I would have thought about it before I, yes, now. Agreed. I totally am like, why didn't I ever put Cocoa Puffs together with like a healthy thing? You know what I mean? There you go. Well, Tim's mother is a genius because we <laughs> learned this morning that she has been a mad scientist at breakfast for years. Well, this is not for flavor, though. This was to ensure that her for chil- your health children did not get all the sugar. So I discovered at one point, and she, my mom was a teacher growing, you know, growing up. So she was home all summer with us. But I pulled out the frost. We were allowed to have sugar cereal in the summer, but, only in the but summer, not during the school year. So oh, we got frosted flakes. Oh, good, we got frosted flakes. At one point, I caught her opening up a box of corn flakes. And Frosted Flakes, mixing the two, <laughs> and then putting them back in a bag. That's great. And putting the bag in the box of Frosted Flakes. That's a really flakes. good idea, and you never knew the difference. It, you know what? It tasted the same. Yeah. Of course it did, because you don't need that much sugar. You just need enough sweet yeah. to taste it, and you're good, right? Right. So, yes, I'm one of the people that have done it or tried it. But, but not knowingly. Not knowingly, and not for some sort of amazing flavor combination. <laughs> we weren't like putting golden grams and cocoa puffs together. So. I don't know. Cereal, it's one of my favorite foods on the planet that I never really, because there's not a ton of nutritional benefit to it unless no. you get some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I also a, feel like it doesn't. Some of them have a lot of carbs, some of them have a lot of sugar, it doesn't really fill you up. But doesn't I, fill you up, yeah. Man, when I get on a kick, I like it's one of my favorite foods. So uh, when I was consistently working out every day not every day like three times a week and i had a trainer and part of my my breakfast routine was a bowl of goline cereal now they have different varieties but this was like the healthiest most bland unflavorful one because it had the most fiber (laughs) 
and I would try to switch to the to the tastier ones, like the berry kind, or I don't know, they have like a maple brown sugar and banana one or something. Yeah. But good one. the problem is, <laughs> is they would make me so gassy Oh yeah, that I wouldn't be able to come into work after having that. So, so I could only stick to the bland one. I don't know. There's this one, and I don't know about being gassy because I don't even really care because it is just that good. Is It's the Cashy brand, but it's peanut butter. Yeah. So it has the... I love that. It has like the healthy whatevers. It's the same stuff that I like. It's just a different variety. Yes. And it's the peanut butter one. And it's newer to the market. But man, it does make you gassy in the afternoon. But for me, the flavor combination and just how delicious it is makes it worth it. I wouldn't have a problem if it was in the afternoon. But, you know... Maybe you should have it at Relatively close quarters here. Lunch. Maybe you should do it for nooner. Yeah, maybe that is my lunch. But that's one of the reasons why I did not stick to that cereal because it was the only one that didn't have that side effect on mm-hmm. me, but well, it was so bland and awful tasting. The fiber, because I think yeah. sometimes... And half, protein. Yes, well, half a cup of it will have like eight grams of fiber, and we all know what that does to you. Yeah. If you have two, you know, you don't, you're not measuring out half a cup of cereal. You're probably having <laughs> a cup and a half to two cups in a bowl, which means you're getting a ton yeah. of fiber in one sitting. True. But I knew, based on my schedule here, I would have that before I left for work in the morning. Yeah. And I knew that my next opportunity, and keep in mind, you know, it's 5.15 or 5.30 in the morning. That's the last opportunity I'm really going to have to be able to eat until 12.30 because I just don't, I I just don't have the freedom and flexibility to walk away from the console and, you know, do that stuff when we're editing and getting pre-production done for the next day. It's not like I can... Take a break. So it's a lot easier to sort of eat on the go like we do. Mm -hmm. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, I'll tell you what. That's probably what I should have done is mix it with some Frosted Flakes, which kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> to just give it enough sweet. I was I was shocked when I discovered that she had been doing that for years. Did you immediately go out and get a bowl of like the real deal frosted flake? To no, see I mean what I would been missing out on. No, no, I was a kid when I, I was probably. You'd probably be overwhelmed with how sweet it is. Like yeah. I don't remember it being the sugary. I was in high school and I made that discovery. But when I moved out, when I got my own spot, you're man, like, what else that, are you lying about, that, mother? That first grocery trip, man, I got a box of everything. Yeah. One of the reasons I love life cereal is because of how dense it is. Like when that starts, when that milk starts to soak in, it still maintains its weight. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're, and you don't, it doesn't take that much life cereal for it to feel mm-hmm. filling. I like putting fruit in my life. Yeah. Like bananas, blueberries. I do mm. like adding the, with that peanut butter cereal, if you cut up a banana and put it in, it's like this delicious dessert almost with peanut butter and banana. Well, 28% of us 
have combined two types of cereal into one custom cereal concoction. Uh, let's see. Cinnamon Toast Fruit Loops. How does that sound? Ooh, I don't know about that. I wonder if that would work. That sounds really sweet, too. Would you eat a piece of cinnamon toast with some strawberries on it or something? Or Fruit Loops on top of it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe I'd take Kellogg's All Brand and mix it with Fruity Pebbles or something like that. that or might... Cocoa Pebbles. Yes, that's a good or one. Or Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, something like that. Um, I'll go to... Uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Yagut? Yagut? Yagut, I think. Yagut. Uh, there's one over at Rookwood. And I'll just get the plain. Like, they have all these great flavors, and they're all wonderful, but I'll just get the plain, and I just lo- have them loaded with Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. I remember so Jeff and I went and got frozen yogurt one time out in California. and Oh, Pinkberry. On, at Pinkberry, yeah, which is like a no. I wanted to go there because it was like known for celebrity sightings at the time. And we walk up, and he gets his frozen yogurt and his toppings are blueberries, which I'm like, Oh, that's normal. And then he puts pretty pebbles and captain crunch. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're so adult, buddy. I love that. 11 years later, she remembers exactly what I ordered at the pink berry. It's a blessing. In Beverly Hills. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Do you put the cereal or the milk first? Always cereal first. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. 89% agree. Uh, what type of milk do you prefer with your cereal? I was surprised to see that 50% prefer whole milk. Really? Yeah. I think whole milk is making a comeback. Seriously. Like a lot of people are saying that in small doses, whole milk yeah, is that's the trick, nutritional though. for you. I love whole milk too, but... <laughs> I don't need the uh, I don't need the fat. I can't. I do that simple truth one percent. I do the almond milk. Oh yeah. And I don't even. I don't even. I don't even. It just needs to wet the cereal, mm-hmm. and then the dog can drink the milk. I did have I an almond non-fat. milk over the um like over the past month or so that it was a little too watery for me. It was. I don't know if it had en- enough of whatever it's supposed to have in it, but it was more like white water. It gives you a nutty flavor, <laughs> but it doesn't. Like reduce the acidity in the coffee, for instance. Yeah. Right. Um, what else? Do you drink the milk at the bottom of the bowl or just pour it in the sink? What do you guys do? Drink it, of course. Yeah. I kind of feel like you're wasteful if you don't. I'm an animal. <laughs> I used to dump it. Yeah. Right. I used to dump it. I don't like milk at all. Yeah. Zero. Uh, but now I just give it to Steve. He just gets a couple licks of the almond milk with the. And then he moves mm. on. Yeah. How weird, though. Did you ever give him cow milk? I haven't bought cow milk in probably Forever. eight years. That dog is a stomach of steel. You give him just about anything, and he seems to keep it down, huh? Yeah, Mostly. haven't had any issues. That's funny. No. Um, you ever put ice in your cereal to make it cold? Two percent no. of people do. And you ever eat cereal straight out of the box? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. Road trips. Get a box. Put it between the chairs. Plus, I mean, it's like a, so, such a great snack for kids. Like our daughter now is all about the Honey Nut Cheerios. Dried. Yeah. Right to the mouth. In your early 20s, did you ever pretend to like wine so that you would seem more classy or sophisticated, like a real grown-up? Yes. No. I mean, I liked it, but I just never ordered it because I just didn't get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. It, People are like, oh, it's so dry and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not good. 
Well, a new study found the average person actually doesn't enjoy or appreciate the taste of wine until they're almost 30. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a stat, I will tell you, that is trending younger and younger. But the average person over the age of 55 said they didn't even like wine until they were in their mid-30s. I just remember not being able to afford it. When you would go out to eat or go out with friends, right. like a glass of wine is like anywhere from 6 to $12. Oh, I yeah. Get a beer for like, you know, two or three bucks. Also, when you're younger, you're like, that's all I'm getting is that little yeah, splash exactly. right. for $8? Why aren't you filling that up? Because yeah. I'm really thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they started talking to you about like, well, it has to breathe. I'm like, it's not going to have a moment to breathe. I'm going to be inhaling it. So yeah. bring but it on. As you get older, your tastes change. Your palate craves more flavor or different flavors. And you start noticing the way what you're drinking balances off what you're eating. See, that to me was the real deal. Like when I would go out to nice places with you because I would never treat myself to that kind of thing when I was younger. But when they would pair like the meat with the red, I was like, oh, I kind of am getting it now. It's supposed to kind of taste like this. And it's good when if you're doing like one of those multi-course meals where they have you have like two or three glasses out at the same time. And so you can try and do your own pairings and you realize oh wow that does not go with that at all yeah i get why that yeah why it doesn't go together right um and it's just fun to experiment and kind of learn and develop your taste as you get older and you know you discover you like what you like which isn't necessarily what your parents liked the survey also found the average person can only name four types of wine off the top of their head the most common answers were chardonnay merlot and rosé red yeah, white, red and white. Blend. Bottle of red. <laughs> Blush. Bottle of white. They're not just by colors. But Breathe. when we do drink it, we like to look like we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. 56% said they usually smell their wine before taking their first sip. Only because other people do. I don't even know what that's doing for me. You know what I like about it is I just like to know what I'm jumping into. And sometimes there are, there are just certain... Um, I hate to sound like I'm going to sound like a snob. I don't know how else to say it without sounding like a wine snob, but there are just certain notes that just activate the salivary glance before it even hits your mouth. Yeah. Like it starts the senses. And that's amazing. And 48% actually give it a swirl. What's that for? So years ago, I uh, I used to hang out with the Schuster brothers that, their parents and grandparents started Valley Vineyards in Morrow. Okay. And so we'd hang out. We'd drink some wine. So I said, T- teach me about this stuff. What is going on? Like, so you, why are people doing all yeah, that? Yes. So they gave me like a two-minute like a two minute intro, and I've I've kept that in my brain now when we get wine. And it's kind of cool. You swirl it. You can watch the, they call them legs on the glass, and they, they like kind of The way the wine down. residue sort of. Yes. And that's okay. the alcohol. Oh, and then so you, you swirl smell, it to kind of wake up the alcohol? You smell, well, just to see, you can tell what. There's no real To oxidize it. No, but if yeah. you, I mean, I'll give you an example, just for fun, if you ever have the opportunity, you're ever thinking about it, you know, you take out two wine glasses, pour water in one, and pour wine in the other, swirl them both around, and you'll see the difference in the way the wine holds on to the mm-hmm. side of the glass. Oh, okay. And some of them can be really elegant, and it's not just visual, I mean, it... it you know, for some, 
they equate the those legs to the, the experience. The experience, yeah. right? Okay. And like when they bring the bottle to you at a fancy restaurant and they let you taste it and they show you the cork, like you're supposed to look at the cork because if it's dried, that means that maybe it it's turned. not it's not good. But if it's moist, then you're okay. And then you taste it and make sure that it, you know. That it tastes good. Yeah, and once or twice, I mean, we've had situations where it would actually smell mildewy, and then we taste the wine, and we're like, oh, something happened here. It's not good. Some oxygen must have gotten into it. If we're going to let virtual assistants eavesdrop on every single thing we say in our homes, at least they could get it right when we ask them for something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I don't understand that. Exactly. I don't know how to do that. Well, why not? Yeah, so... You know, Consumer Reports, CNET, Mashable, all these people and uh, magazines and trade publications, you know, they all do tests. They all compare to try to figure out the best one. I guess the latest study tested the four big virtual assistants on the market to see how good they are at answering different types of questions and requests. I am so interested in this story because I have... You use yours. I, yes, I, I use both of them. I have Surrey and like Google. So I'm very interested to see... Because I am not against getting the other two. <laughs> Adding more people to my life. How many artificial things am I talking to at once? That's right. I have to get rid of you, Google, because Cortana is better. Well, and then they start fighting with each other. Break and up. Whole mutiny on your hands. I love them. All right. So, yeah, you got Google Assistant. You got Amazon's Alexa. You got Apple Siri. You got Microsoft's Cortana. Who's got the best one? The best. In terms of accuracy. Let's hear it. Is... <gasps> Going to be revealed after the break. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who is it? The best is? Google. It is Google's is assistant. It? Yay! Yep. Now, is it because... She's my favorite. Is it because Google basically is the biggest uh, directory of crap? I think so. stuff? I think so because... And I also feel it like... It interfaces with Google search the best. Yes, right, that's what I mean. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I also feel like Google is answering more questions and can do more things because of the search than Surrey. Yeah, it found Google's assistant is the best at 86% accuracy. So it's not accurate all the time, but 86% of the time. The other day I asked her something and it was completely ridiculous just to see if she could do it. And even Scott was like, you know, you can't ask her something like that. And I'm like, yes, we can. You can ask her anything, and she will be like, I'm not sure how to do that. Or, surprise, she does know how. Apple's Siri came in second at 79% accuracy rate. See, my thing with Siri is is that I don't enjoy the when I'm driving. Her attitude? Yes. When I'm driving and I'm like, <laughs> She you is know, snarky? What? She does get very snarky. Really? And she'll be like... In order to do that, you have to open your iPhone. And I'm like, I don't want to open my iPhone. Driving a car. Exactly. I just want you to tell me where is Dillard's. Right. Yeah. How hard is it to just do a simple, you know, you know where my location is. So where is the nearest Dillard's to my location? Right. 
That shouldn't be hard. And sometimes she'll be like, you have to open up the iPhone. I'm like, I'm doing hands-free for you for a reason. But listen to how demanding we oh, become. Sure. Like t- 20 years ago, just the mere idea that we could even potentially do something like that would have blown our minds. We would have been so excited. Yeah, and now listen to how snooty we are. Just tell me where the nearest Dillard's location is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who can do it. Google. She would have been like, here's the nearest location. Would you like me to map it for you using Google Map? Absolutely. Google can do it 86% of the time with complete and total accuracy. Uh, Apple Series second at 79%. Amazon's Alexa is third at 61% accuracy. And Microsoft's Cortana is the worst at 52% accuracy. You know, this artificial intelligence thing is fascinating, more and more fascinating to me now that I am watching Westworld because Mm -hmm. it is all about these humanoid robots with artificial intelligence that have become so perfected in the not too distant future that you really can't tell the difference between humans and these and they're sort of developing their own sense of self and their own consciousness and oh that's interesting maybe i should start watching that yeah it is Since i'm such a big fan of virtual assistants <laughs> it's but i gotta tell you it's a heavy show it's yeah. not for everybody nope. and it's it can be very depressing yeah i'm out um well, th- just to give it a chance, just watch one episode. If it doesn't suck you in, then... I don't even like watching the sad parts of movies. I have to turn the channel or fast forward right, through. And you won't like this. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Jeff's like, yeah, Scott's yeah. like, why do you keep flipping the channel? I'm like, I mean, I know the dog dies here. I can't watch it. <laughs> just go! You I'm know, like, it's an actor dog. Like, the dog is actually alive and well. The dog is fine. The movie fridge. <laughs> it still hurts like, my feelings. The director yelled out, cut, and the dog went off and got lunch. Yeah, they got, got treats. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the craft services I'm table serious. it annoys him so much like i i will have to get up and be like he's like where are you going i'm like i have to go to the bathroom i know i know that girl's getting ready to die or she's gonna hit by a car and i can't the I minute can't. that scene was over the girl was in her trailer on her on her phone I'm not in the movie i'm relating to the movie it gotcha. wrecked his life <laughs> hey pizza is a pretty universal food people love pizza across all different countries religions races sexual orientations we love pizza and apparently we all love eating pizza at the same time a new study has found the most popular times to order pizza are most popular times 7 p.m it has to be like drunk and 2 a.m. There you go. There you go. <laughs> 7 p.m. up my alley. And 2 a.m. You know, you could probably make a killing being, if you were a pizza place that was only open at 2 a.m., you could probably still make a killing. You were closed every other time of day, but you woke up, but you opened up just in time for the drunk crowd on Friday and, and Saturday. And you have to deliver, for yeah. sure. Hey, does uh, Adriaticos, are they still open? How late are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, it'll be three. It'll be three o'clock by the time you get here. That's, that's cool. all right. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. We'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll sit wait out, out front and watch the driver. Uh-huh. <laughs> My favorite, that's though, so is true. when you do drunk order the pizza and they're like, all right, it's going to be 55 minutes to an hour. And 10 minutes later, you're like, where are they? Yeah. It has so been true. an it's hour and a half. And then you pull out your phone and you're like, oh, I like called him like 17 minutes ago. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.